the architecture of trust is something that we've been working on for over a decade in one way or another at Cisco. And the distinction here is that it's not a product, it's not a protocol, it's not a component, but it's an architecture. It's a set of systems working together to provide a comprehensive service. And we think of the architecture as being both a technology architecture and a business architecture. If you don't have a business architecture that helps you understand the objective and the mission, then all the technology in the world isn't going to help you. But the technology part really is aligned on three different areas. It's trusted processes, it's trusted systems, and trusted services. The process part is foundational because the way that networks are acquired, designed, and deployed today has at least as much to do with security as the attributes of the products. And the example that I gave in my talk this morning was that the acquisition process is one example of a process that's ripe for re-engineering. If we can work with our government customers to get the certification, acquisition, and deployment cycle down from the six or seven years it is today to weeks or months, then we've got a real shot at being able to address the threats that we're seeing in the cybersecurity world today. So this is certification of products according to FIPS standards, Federal Information Processing Standards from NIST for security. It takes that long? Well, it's not just FIPS. There are, of course, a whole variety of standards that we in industry have to conform with. And to the extent that we can align around a set of common criteria for government certifications, have reciprocity, for example, across the different branches of service and defense, that makes it easier for us to get products and technology into government networks on a, on a more streamlined basis. Okay, within the architecture of trust, how does the system itself fit into that? You uh, have the idea of a fabric or, or a network that serves so many functions and snakes throughout an organization. How does the architecture of trust get baked into all that? Well, that's the trusted systems part, so that's in the middle. And we think about security not as just a product, but as an attribute that is baked into the fabric of the network. So the notion here is that the intelligence and the routers and the switches and the services and the firewalls and the intrusion systems that we build into networks today uh, can provide situational awareness that help our customers sense when uh, attack is, an attack is underway, be able to uh, alarm and uh, alert those attacks, and then take corrective actions uh, in response to those attacks. Now, the biggest problem in cyber these days seems to be web applications that are programmed with languages that have un inherent unsafeness in them, or they have people use browsers that have thousands, it seems, of uh, weaknesses. So how can a secure fabric really overcome that fundamental weakness of badly or just misprogrammed web applications that everyone seems to be using? Well, this was a much easier problem 10 years ago when we were all using either Mozilla or Internet Explorer. Today we've got literally hundreds of different uh, kinds of browser technology and thousands of different devices con uh, connected to the network today. It's not just PCs running Windows. It's PCs, it's netbooks, it's smartphones, uh, it's video systems, uh, and, and increasingly security systems, vehicles. There's been an explosion not only in the number of devices connected to the network, but in the diversity of those devices. And that means that it's no longer adequate to run around and try to secure each individual end device. We now have to take an architectural approach that relies on the intelligence of the network to enforce security policy. 
And a lot of agencies are moving toward continuous monitoring, something you mentioned, you know, that the network gives you feedback as it does its work of moving bits and bytes around. And uh, how does continuous monitoring fit into the whole picture, and what can it really do for you? Uh, it's one thing to watch what's going on, but then you might have to do something about it. Exactly. I would call that an example of the trusted services. So in our industry, we talk about trusted computing, we talk about trusted Internet connections, we talk about trusted identity management. Um, monitoring, real-time monitoring and management is an example of a trusted service supported in the architecture of trust. We're really excited about the work now that's being done at, uh, at NIST on the technology side and SCAP and the work that uh, Vivek and his team um, have been uh, driving to move from a reporting structure to a real-time monitoring structure that helps our customers with that ongoing real-time situational awareness. What's going on on my network right now? So what are the special considerations for mobile workers? And really, everybody's a mobile worker now. All you have to do is equip someone with a smartphone and they become a mobile worker. And this is another problem that was a lot simpler. When I was a network engineer, if you had a key to the building, then by definition you were authorized to connect to the network. And we don't live in that world today. Uh, the approach that we take in our architecture of trust is to really look at several different dimensions of security for users and devices to authenticate themselves. It's not simply where am I, but it's who am I, what am I allowed to do, What's my physical posture and location? And then what's the context of my actions? Has there been another event on the network that would influence whether or not I'm allowed to execute a certain transaction? And that's built into the, uh, the TrustSec systems and the other um, security features that I talked about earlier that are becoming a part of the network fabric itself. So you think cyber is solvable in such a way that we can have trust in systems and I think one uh, famous politician put it so that cybersecurity issues are more of a nuisance than a threat. I'm not sure I would use the word solvable, but I think it's manageable. This is a cat and mouse game, and the adversary is very agile and uh, presents a constantly moving target. I think our mission in industry is to make sure that we are just as agile and that we are coming up with defenses uh, moving at uh, Internet time.